This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. This time every Thursday we take a look at matters legal that affect our daily lives and joining us on the line now to talk about the issue of hearsay and hearsay evidence and rules is uh, Jack Morena. Jack, good to have you with us. Uh, Morena, thanks for having me. Uh, Jack, um, how's life in your bubble at the moment? you got uh, yourself in there with the flatmates, have you? Uh, yeah, just with uh, my partner and my uh, brother and sister-in-law, so it's all good. Time for a bit of focused thinking apart from anything else. I suppose it's a good time to get some study done. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk this morning about hearsay. Now, Jack, this is something that we um, we probably uh, hear referred to from time to time. We might have our own view about what hearsay and the rules around hearsay are, but let's clarify them. Um, tell us a little bit about hearsay. Uh, yeah, so you are right. It is uh, quite common in popular culture. It's, uh, hearsay is often discussed in a lot of legal shows and movies. Um, and it's interesting to note that the hearsay rule is actually one of the oldest rules of evidence within the common law world, and it has actually been described as one of the most universal rules held by common law jurisdictions. Um, it's interesting to note the layperson's understanding of hearsay is fairly close to the legal concept. Um, however, the legal conception of hearsay is a bit more nuanced. All right, so what is the legal conception of hearsay? Uh, so historically, the common law hearsay rule operates uh, strictly to exclude out-of-court statements offered to prove the truth of their content. Uh, so predictably, the legal rule is somewhat confusing. Um, typically, we're concerned with statements that are being offered in evidence by someone other than the statement maker. Um, and if a statement is hearsay, it's generally inadmissible in the courts. So why do we have this hearsay rule? Um, it's to do with the nature of our adversarial system, uh, which requires witnesses to appear before the courts to provide evidence in person, and that's just so that opposing parties uh, are able to cross-examine witnesses and challenge the veracity of their evidence. Um, if hearsay evidence is admitted, opposing counsel becomes prejudiced uh, because they are unable to uh, challenge the original state maker. So again, coming back to the idea that someone other than the original statement maker has made the statement, um, and that becomes an issue because counsel then would be unable to ascertain things, for example, like uh, the original statement maker's motives for making the mistake, mm. making the statement. All right. So how do we make sense of this common law rule? Uh, so we consider the case law on hearsay. Um, so when dealing with complex uh, legal rules, like the hearsay rule, um, it can be helpful to actually use the case law to consider what is not captured by the rule. Uh, so in this instance, uh, we'd consider what the courts have determined not to be hearsay. And the case of submaranium uh, provides an interesting example of what is not hearsay. Uh, so submaranium uh, was captured by communist rebels in Malaya, now modern-day Malaysia, during a communist uprising there in the 1950s. Um, he was found by authorities with some ammunition. Uh, the defence, so he was charged as being part of the communist uprising. Uh, his defence at trial argued that he'd been acting under duress and that he'd feared for his life. Um, and as proof of that, they wanted to admit a statement made by the terrorist to the defendant. So Submaranium had alleged the terrorist had threatened to kill him if he did not help them in their cause. Uh, so clearly the court was dealing with a statement that was being often evidenced by someone other than the statement maker. Okay, so what did they determine? Was the statement hearsay? 
so the court determined that it wasn't hearsay uh, because the defendant was not offering uh, the statement as proof the terrorist was trying to kill him. Um, the statement was just being offered to, uh, so the statement was not being offered to prove the truth of its content. Um, he was just trying to prove the truth of, uh, sorry, he was just trying to prove that a threat had been made, not that the truth, uh, that the threat was true. Um, so whether or not the threat was made was relevant to Submarinian, uh, whether he was acting under duress, uh, regardless of whether there was actually any truth in the threat. So the statement was allowed to go to the jury. Um, and the common law rule has uh, been codified in Aotearoa by the Evidence Act. Okay, so how does our Evidence Act define hearsay? Uh, so a hearsay, a hearsay statement is defined in Section 4 of the Evidence Act. Um, so a hearsay statement means that... Um, uh, a hearsay statement means that a statement was made by a person other than the witness and is being offered um, in evidence at the proceedings to prove the truth of its content. So the common law definition has carried over a lot of the common law rule uh, without significant changes, and we've still got that phrase in there that's often a sticking point uh, to prove the truth of its content. Um, so when we're considering that question, it's often helpful to kind of ask a different question, rephrase it slightly, so to ask whether the fact finder would care uh, whether the contents of the statement is true. Mm. All right, so when is hearsay statements admissible in court? Um, so that's outlined by Section 17, um, and that just simply reads that a hearsay statement is not admissible except as provided by the subpart or any provisions of the Act, um, and in cases where... Um, in this act provides that the subpart does not apply or alternatively the he oh sorry and the hearsay statement is relevant and not otherwise and is otherwise and is not otherwise inadmissible under the act sorry um so section 17 essentially creates a general rule that hearsay is inadmissible um but there are exceptions uh, as noted by uh subsection b um and they're contained in section 18 um which uh, says that a hearsay statement is admissible in any proceeding if the circumstances relating to the statement provide reasonable assurance that the statement is reliable and either the maker of the statement is unavailable as a witness or the judge considers that undue expense or delay would be caused if the maker of the statement were required to be a witness. Um, so to put it in a bit more simple uh, language, for a hearsay statement to be admissible in any proceeding, those wishing to have that statement admitted as evidence should satisfy the requirements in that section 18. Um, and you can think of that as a two-pronged test. So first you consider under uh, subsection 1A if the statement's reliable, and then you'd consider the necessity test under subsection 1B, um, and you can satisfy that in two ways. So that is the that would be either is the witness unavailable, or would there be any undue delay or expense if the statement maker was called? All right, so let's look at the first part of that. How does the court determine whether a statement's reliable? Um, so there are many factors that go into determining whether a statement is reliable. Um, so you would look at things like how soon after the event was the statement made. So if a statement's really fresh and made quite soon after the event, um, it's going to be considered a bit more reliable compared to a statement that was made several months later. Um, who took down the statement? So again, if the police are taking down a statement, that's going to go to show that it's a, probably going to be a fairly reliable statement. And uh, just things like, was the statement, the statement signed? Um, 
So, for example, if the statement was given to a police officer within a few hours of the incident and signed by the witness, uh, the courts are more likely to be satisfied that that statement is going to be reliable. And, of course, there are many other factors that can go towards proving reliability. Well, just finally, Jack, well, uh, what do they uh, consider when they're deciding whether a witness is unavailable or not? Um, so there are quite a, there's quite a lot of debate around this, um, the, but the most important thing to note is that the threshold is high. So merely feeling anxious about testifying isn't a sufficient reason to render a witness unavailable under Section 181B. Um, obviously, court could be quite traumatic for most people, quite distressing, but that isn't a sufficient enough reason. And that just goes back to the policy considerations. We want witnesses to appear and give their evidence in court. And it's interesting to note on that that the courts actually held someone suffering from a severe mental health condition um, was still able to testify, even though that person was at risk of relapsing. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's um, it's puts that emphasis on people people being able to um, face their accusers, to be able to um, respond and answer to statements that are made in court. You can understand why this is a bit of a a bit of a murky area, Jack, but thanks for helping to yep. clarify that for us. No uh, and uh, we look at other aspects of uh, the law affecting our daily lives in the next edition of Speak Legal, which should be same time next week. Um, go well, Jack, uh, and uh, safe times inside your bubble. You too. Thanks. Community Law Otago. Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago, Training for Life. Yeah, and obviously they won't be doing any consultations during Level 4 lockdown. You might just want to hit up the Community Law Otago website just to check uh, what the arrangements might be as we go forward. We're all waiting, aren't we, to uh, see how the situation unfolds nationally and officially at alert Level 4 here until uh, late tomorrow night. Uh, could it be extended? We'll just have to wait and see, won't we? This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.